0: Entrepreneur on Fire 691. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Meetings are essential to the way we work. Thankfully, we have Citrix GoToMeeting, the powerfully simple way to meet online, anywhere, anytime. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use a promo code FIRE. Ready to add a professional ring to your business? Go to evoice.com slash FIRE for your 30-day free trial. And Fire Nation, you'll get $5 off your bill every month. That's evoice.com slash FIRE. Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Rob Belafonte. Rob, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. Rob is a serial entrepreneur and investor. He started his first business at age 7, his first tech business at 12, and sold his first business at 18. Now he's 27, the CEO of Technology Advice, a Nashville-based company that connects IT buyers with the business technology that best fits their needs. Rob, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you, and then we'll dive on in.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. So. Uh, A little bit about myself, Uh, entrepreneur, uh, angel investor, also do some real estate investing. I have uh, married with uh, two small kids. Uh, One, uh, Bentley, is my son. He's three and a half, and Callie, my daughter's two. And uh, my wife is pregnant with our third. So, yeah, exciting times over here. Um, Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, CEO of Technology Advice uh, based here in Nashville, Tennessee. We employ about 50 here in Nashville and another 180 uh, in other areas of the country and and world. Uh, We help connect buyers and sellers of business technology. So, uh, you know, typically if you're looking to put a new piece of technology in place in your organization, what do you do?
0: If I'm looking to, I hire someone that knows what they're doing.
1: You hire somebody who knows what they're doing, and and a lot of times those people who know what they're doing go and ask their best friend Google, right? <laughs> totally. So uh, you know, asking your best friend Google, depending on what you're looking for, the size of your organization, the complexity of your needs, that might take a couple hours, or it could even take a couple days, or weeks, or months, depending on again, you know, what you're looking for. So what we try to do is save that technology buyer as so much as 80 or 90 percent of the time they would normally spend researching all of their different options. So let's say you're looking for a new phone system or a new piece of software or a new gadget to, to help, help you with a challenge in your business, instead of going out there to your best friend Google and looking at dozens or maybe a hundred or more different options, you can come to our website, use our smart advisor tool on the website and narrow the scope of your search down substantially to maybe just the top few options that best fit your needs.
0: What if my best friend is Bing?
1: you you got other problems, but we, <laughs> we can probably really help you as your best friend.
0: Google, is. Google, I know you're listening right now. I'm totally kidding. You are my best and only friend. And Rob, we're going to talk about your journey. We're going to talk about just the amazing, just entire experience that you've been through and you know, just the short time you've been on this planet. But before we get into all of that, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote. So take it away.
1: Never stop, never settle. Uh, co- look for continuous improvement in everything that you do. Uh, take risks, you know, kind of looking at risk as, you know, a lot of people look at risks as risks. Well, I, I choose to look at not taking risks as a risk because if you're not taking risks, you're not growing, you're not challenging yourself. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's what I you know I live off of. I thrive off of that.
0: I mean, Rob, how I like to kind of phrase this with Fire Nation is that you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you're not really pushing the envelope, if you're waking up and 14 days go by and you're like, man, I'm in the groove, everything is easy, it's flowing, you're gonna start scratching your head and being like, Who's passing me by? Because if you're not really pushing your own envelope, there are others out there that are, and they're whipping by in that left lane going 100 miles an hour as you're just kind of sitting you know, in the podunk lane over there in cruise control. So I like that, and I'm always stressing, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And Rob, there's been some times you've been uncomfortable in your life, and I want to hear one of those stories. I want you to share one of your experiences when you failed, when you, Rob Belafonte, you know, weren't this great success. And it happens to us all. But I want you to take us there down to the ground level, Rob, and share with us that moment in time and the lessons you learned.
1: I like your comment about uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Thanks. I've got similar mentality. Um, yeah, so probably uh, one point of failure for me was, I was in college, uh, freshman year of college at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and had just sold my previous business. It was web hosting and server management, infrastructure management company, and had a little bit of money to invest. I was 18 years old and had no idea what due diligence was. I was a little stupid, quite frankly. And uh, I went, uh, like most people who are 18 years old looking to buy a business, I went to eBay. That's uh, a joke, John. You're supposed to laugh at that. But a lot of people <laughs> don't know you can buy a business on eBay, but uh, you could, and so that that's it made sense for me. So I went to eBay, and you know, uh, kind of fell victim to a lot of the hype as far as hey, you know, you buy this business, you can make money in your sleep. It's easy to run. You can, you know, go work your other job, or you can go to school, like I was, and it's very easy. So, I purchased five businesses on eBay. The first four of them were complete failures. I just got ripped off. And again, had no idea what due diligence was. Of course, today I do, and I'm very careful in what I do because of these past experiences. But the fifth business that I purchased went on to become what is today technology advice. And, you know, it was, it was a little bit of luck that I did not get uh, ripped off in this one ultimately, even though it didn't necessarily look good at all times. But, Um, That that's probably one of my moments of of, uh, failure as an entrepreneur.
0: Can you maybe share with us one or two of the other businesses that you bought that you look back at right now and you're just like, Rob, what was I thinking? Like, what were the businesses?
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it wasn't that the business ideas weren't great. It was just the people selling them to me were not very honest people. And so, Uh, One of them, for example, was an ad-supported online Flash Games website. So it's a website where people could go, they could play games, and the website monetized with advertisements. Well, I wasn't as great at reviewing all of the documentation around their Google Analytics and all of their uh, website visitor statistics software as I should have been, and so I kind of took what they presented me in their marketing materials at face value instead of verifying that yes, they did have that many thousands of unique visitors and yes, they were getting paid that rate for every thousand times that an ad was displayed on their website. And as it turns out, I mean this was very similar with all four of these first businesses I purchased that I was just, the information was misrepresented and I was lied to. So again, you know, I think the business ideas were pretty good. It was just me uh, trusting people, and not verifying what i should have verified
0: so you said the word due diligence a few times and i spent one semester in law school before i quit so i have some knowledge of what due diligence means but for maybe some of the listeners um and myself too who wants a little more fleshing out of it what would you really say to us fire nation about what exactly due diligence is and how you do that with current companies now
1: well, so due diligence, I mean it does it's not just with purchasing a company but hiring an employee or buying a car or anything. So due diligence is just the process of verifying that the thing that you're about to purchase has been represented accurately. And so I mean with a business that it's a lot more complex than something like buying a car. With a business, uh you know, you want to verify that the accounting records are accurate, you want to verify that the customers are happy, that the customers are paying. Uh, what what they 're stated to be paying that the customers uh, that the retention rate of the customers is high, that um, you know the revenue and the profitability of the business is represented accurately that the employees of the if the business does have employees that the employees are happy at what they do you know and and chances are in most businesses you're always going to find something that you that was not exactly represented the way that it, it should have been um, but to what degree does that look like and so you know for me with these four businesses it was obviously a very substantial uh, misrepresentation that's why I failed almost immediately with all four of them but due diligence again can be anything so today we do a lot of due diligence when we're hiring members to our team so uh. Does the person uh, have the right attitude and the right mindset? Does the person have the right skill set or can they develop the skill set for the position they need to be in? Uh, Does the person represent themselves uh, online, maybe in their social media, as they represent themselves in the interview? And and is that a good representation or is it a representation of somebody that maybe you don't want to hire? So, you know, due diligence uh, is in many things in life, even outside of purchasing a business.
0: So what I'm kind of pulling out of this right now, Rob, is that things aren't always what they appear to be. And it's kind of naive, in fact, to expect them to be so. And it's up to you, Fire Nation, the entrepreneur who's perching the business or hiring that employee or or even accepting that job offer. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, from a complete flip side. I left a six-figure job for a job that was also claiming it was going to be six figures um, in revenue easily with commissions if I just hit these super easy bases, and I mean it was anything but. So I mean, due diligence goes on every example and every encounter and situation you might face in life. In Fire Nation, it's up to you to do due diligence for yourself, and and it's not on anybody else because most people, you know, are looking out for number one. So. Rob, that's kind of what I took away from that. You know, that's my big, my big takeaway. But you know, you dropped a lot of value bombs during that entire story you just shared with us about the the five eBay companies and so much more. What do you want Fire Nation to walk away with if it was just one thing that we can implement into our knowledge base into our lives?
1: yeah I mean anything that you're doing in your life, whether personal or professional it it is great to to do due diligence and the easy thing is to trust every everybody right. and, and that's also the thing that you would like to to think that you should be able to do but a lot of times, uh, human nature and what you mentioned is, is people are looking out for number one. They're looking out for themselves first and primarily you second. Even, even in a relationship like maybe take, for example, a real estate agent. You know, there are a lot of real estate agents out there depending on you know, um, what, what their background is and everything. But a lot of times, real estate agents are looking out for themselves even if they represent you as a buyer or seller. You know, they don't get paid until uh, a sale is made. And so ultimately, you're going to need to purchase a home. Well, what if you never find one that's a perfect fit for you? Maybe they're, they're incentivized to get you to purchase a home and maybe not look at some of the details of the inspection or the, the um, you know, maybe some of the other parts of due diligence with real estate specifically. That's just an example. And not, I mean, most real estate agents are great people. But like you mentioned, uh, number one sometimes get in the, gets in the way of looking out for number two, which might, might be you, the buyer.
0: Hey, absolutely. Most real estate agents are great people. But there's even another factor of that, Rob, as well. I mean, you know, when you have a buyer's agent who's helping you shop for a home, the reality is, is that they're getting paid more the more money that you spend. So, you know, of course, you, the buyer, you want to spend as little money as possible. But remember, there is a little bit of competition there when, you know, maybe they're kind of encouraging you to just accept that higher price. Well, you know, there could be, you know, some in it for me type attitude in there as well. So, you know, and, and again, that's just one example of a thousand that we could give because it works in every single scenario in life. This isn't picking on real estate or anybody in particular. Um, I've been in that field as well. I mean, I'm, you know, very knowledgeable about that. So great, great takeaways, Rob. And what I want to do now is shift. I wanna to shift to another story in your journey, but this story is gonna be different because it's an aha moment, Rob. It's, it's, an, it's a light bulb that went off at some point when you were working in whatever you were working. And I want you to, again, tell us a story and then walk us through the steps you took after you had that idea to turn it into success.
1: About a year and a half ago, there was a time where we were operating 10 different businesses under one roof here in our office here in Nashville. And we never set out to operate 10 different businesses, but... I call it uh, business ADD or idea ADD. (laughs) It kind of got the best of me, right? And it it does a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, And as an entrepreneur, I've attracted a lot of other entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs, as we like to call them here at Technology Advice. And so a lot of times it's very easy to get bogged down in ideas. And, And it got to a point, again, where, like I said, we had 10 different businesses operating in this building. And only two of them were profitable. The other eight were not profitable and and to varying degrees not successful at all. And the aha moment was, wow, there's actually 10 businesses that we're trying to run simultaneously with the limited resources that we have. And because of that, only two of them are succeeding. The other eight are failing. And so the aha moment for me at that time was, hey, we need to focus on what we're best at. And that's the two businesses that are profitable today. The others we need to maybe put on the bookshelf to come back to in in maybe a few years or or at some point down the road if we ever need ideas or other projects to work on. And so uh, for us, we've seen a lot more substantial growth just in the last 18 months, not only with revenue but also team members because of our intentional focus on doing what we're best at. And that is serving the technology buyer and the technology vendor.
0: So what I really find fascinating about you sharing this specific example, Rob, is that just three days ago, we had Perry Marshall on Entrepreneur on Fire, and he's the author of a great book, Eighty Twenty Sales and Marketing Rules, and he, he specifically was talking in length, and we were having a great discussion about the 80-20 rule, and here's Rob Belafonte saying, hey, g- guess what? We had 10 companies that we were running, and Perry Marshall would have been like, well, I bet two of them are making the money and eight of them are wasting your time. And that's exactly what it was. It's the 80 20 rule that 80% of your success and your profit and your revenue and all of this is going to come from 20% of your activity. So why not just focus a hundred percent of your, of your energies into the 20% of your business that's actually working? And that's exactly what Rob did Fire Nation. And I mean, right now, if Perry Marshall is listening, he's applauding because this is just exactly the, the kind of mindset and the mind shift that he He was talking about entrepreneurs need to make and, you know, even a different one, but of the same mentality. Another past guest, Mike Michalowicz, talks about the pumpkin plan and about how you need to know which pumpkin in your patch is the one. And then you snip off, you know, all the other pumpkins trying to siphon off the energy and the food from that one pumpkin. You just let that puppy grow. So, Rob, you were able to do that successfully with those two companies. And, you know, maybe you'll come back to those other eight. You shelved them for now. But that's the that's the one clear lesson that I learned. What do you want us to take away, Rob? If you could just give us one thing to implement from that period,
1: the faster you can identify that twenty percent of of what you're doing that's making you successful, uh, the better the better off you'll be. You know, if if it for some people or, or depending on what industry or what you do, it might not be as clear as it was for me or as it has been for Perry uh, Perry Marshall, but. The faster you can identify the 20%, the faster you can take action on eliminating the 80% and moving yourself forward. So Rob, you're
0: a father of two, soon to be three. Um, You're a husband. You have a lot of things to be proud of in that respect. If I'm going to ask you to tell a story of an entrepreneurial moment, specifically your proudest entrepreneurial moment, what would that story be?
1: Probably uh, moving into our office here in Nashville, our our, our current office. So uh, we started off working from home. We had five years of the business where everybody worked from home, and we we grew to a team of seven before we decided to get our first office. And first office was a small little space that we leased uh, just south of of our current location here in Nashville, and uh, it served us well. But knew that we were going to outgrow that, so. This current space, I bought the land, built the building from the ground up, and designed every little detail of it with the architect over the course of about a year. And So I guess between designing and building and moving in, it was about a two-year process. And so that first day that we were able to work in this new space as a team was, was probably one of my proudest moments.
0: Boom. Love those proud moments. And Rob, let's take that proud moment. And now you're in this space, you're rocking and rolling, you have your focus, and it's working. Let's bring things to present time. Let's talk about today and share with our listeners, Fire Nation, the one thing that has you most fired up right now.
1: Probably the rate of change with technology. So the speed at which technology changes is increasing every day. And it, it it keeps what we're doing more – it makes what we're doing more and more relevant every right. day. So as as stuff cut, starts moving faster, it's harder for, for folks like you and me to keep up with. And so we need to go seek advice from others, and uh, that creates a, a tremendous amount of opportunity for us at Technology Advice.
0: I mean, look at me. I'm still using Bing. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's a lot to be said of the internet and its ability to help us connect. You can build anything from relationships to entire businesses with the click of a button. But there are times when online communications can't beat hearing someone's voice over the phone. The personal connection, the trust, and the peace of mind that comes with hearing someone's voice is irreplaceable. That's why I use eVoice for my business. By helping me expertly manage all my business calls, eVoice provides me with a better way to connect with my clients and business partners. With a toll free number, professional voice greeting, and a dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into my business phone. So whether I'm at the office, a convention, or sitting poolside, I always have the ability to connect. Want to try it for yourself? Go to eVoice.com fire now to start your 30-day free trial. In Fire Nation, eVoice is offering you $5 off your bill every month. Stay connected with eVoice. Go to eVoice.com fire. That's eVoice.com slash Fire. I have three virtual team members here at Entrepreneur on Fire and let me tell you, they are integral to the success of my business. The thing is, they're all in different countries. It's important that we meet and collaborate in order to get things done, and this is why millions of professionals and businesses rely on Citrix GoToMeeting. GoToMeeting allows you to meet from the convenience of your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Whether you're on the go and traveling or at home, your meeting will not have to wait. My favorite part, you can hold as many meetings you need with anyone from anywhere in one virtual space. You can share screens and present in real time while seeing each other with HD video conferencing. Just turn on your webcam. When's the last time you felt like you were in the same room with your team? Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Visit gotomeeting.com click the try a free button and use promo code FIRE. That's goTomeeting.com promo code FIRE. Rob, welcome to the Lightning Rounds, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Yes, sir. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: I don't know that anything was holding me back, other than maybe the first six years of my my life. You know, I, I started very early and uh, saw that uh, my dad, who's self-employed, would would go to work every day and work very hard for himself. Uh, you know, and, and if, if he wanted to support our family and get things that he wanted to get out of life, out of life, then, then you have to work very hard for that. So there wasn't a lot holding me back because I started really young. Uh, there inherently was a lot less risk to, to being an entrepreneur. I did not have a family to support or a mortgage to pay.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: it's probably that everything is negotiable and uh by everything i mean really any anything that you're ever thinking about purchasing or any any kind of terms for any kind of transaction you're thinking about entering into everything's negotiable and you would be surprised at what people will do if you just ask, you know, and and sometimes there's a fear of, oh, I don't want to ask for a better price or I don't want them to ask that. I don't want to ask for them to hold this transaction for 30 days or or whatever it might be that you're thinking about. But if you just ask, I mean, I I will get told yes, 50% of the time I ask and 100% of the time I don't ask. I'm going to get told no. Right. Yeah. So everything's negotiable. That's, that's probably the best advice I've ever received. So Rob, if you had
0: uh, one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success, what would that habit be?
1: I think it's just obsessing over what you do. So if you, if you run a business or you have a project that you're working on, it's obsessing about its success. And so even when I'm not in the office, I'm thinking about, hey, what can I be doing to further the success of, of our business? And um, if you're truly passionate about what you're doing, obsessing over it, is that much easier do you
0: have an internet resource like an Evernote that you 're just in love with you can share with Fire Nation?
1: Yeah, you guys definitely need to check out Lean Kit. And uh, it's leankit.com. And it's basically a virtual whiteboard. And it's got these things called cards, which kind of act as post-it notes. And you, so you can build yourself a virtual whiteboard. You can share with your, your team, your other team members you might have. Uh, you can create different boards for different departments in your organization. And it basically, it's a, it's a data visualization tool that makes uh, knocking things off your to-do list or accomplishing goals in your organization a lot of fun.
0: So Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've been chatting about in today's episode at eofire.com slash Rob belafonte. Rob, if you could recommend just one book, what would it be?
1: One I always like to recommend is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Do
0: you know he just started a podcast? No, I didn't. Yeah, he just came out with a podcast. His first guest was Stephen Pressfield, who I'm like in love with as an author. So I was really stoked to hear Stephen Pressfield on the other side of an interview, which was so cool. So, yeah, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, great podcast, great book. And the the podcast is called Rich Dad Poor Dad or Rich Dad um, TV, maybe something like that. But you'll find it. And Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Rod, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: That is a doozy. And, uh, (laughs) you know, there's a lot you can do in seven days and $500. And what I tell folks is that... um, when you're an entrepreneur, you either need time or money. And so you've been generous enough with this question to offer a little bit of both. Right. Um, so 500 bucks. I mean, bas- the basic answer is you want to turn $500 into something larger than $500. And so you, there's lots of things you could do that. Maybe you uh, invest the $500 towards some kind of Kickstarter campaign with a product that you have conceived. Or maybe you go and uh, – you, you go on a site like Fiverr and start earning a lot more $5 jobs and and, and growing that $500 so you can build a product or build a more uh, substantial web presence with a marketing budget. you know. But ba- basically, m- the simple answer would be grow that $500 to something much larger than
0: $500. So Rob, you've been really generous today. We've talked about your journey starting at seven to where you currently are right now. Let's end with you giving us, the listeners, one parting piece of guidance, then sharing with us the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Sure. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, being on here today with you. And um, one parting piece of advice would be to think less and act more. So as an entrepreneur, you have to always be moving. You can't stop and think about things for too long. And if you do a lot of times your competitors or other people who might have similar ideas to you might get ahead of you. And so um, that's something that, that I, I pride myself very early on is being able to um, just keep moving and figure out the details later. So the analogy I use is is similar to what what you gave earlier in the show, John, is you're, you're going down the interstate at a hundred miles an hour. And, Maybe it's night and you've got your headlights on. And, and when you've got your headlights on your vehicle going down the interstate, you can see maybe 100 or a couple hundred feet in front of you. And you can't see beyond the, the first couple hundred feet. You know what your destination is. You know where you're going. You know what you're going to do when you get to that destination. A lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of wantrepreneurs will worry about everything that's going to happen between where they currently are and then reaching that destination. And what I choose to focus on is just the first couple of hundred feet in front of me and then the destination itself. So there's going to be roadblocks in the way. You might hit some potholes. You might get a speeding ticket, especially if you're going 100 miles an hour. And there's all kinds of things that can happen to you. But if you worry about those things that can happen to you, that's going to prevent you from continuing to, to move down that road. And so, uh, the parting piece advice would just, just be, just focus on the first couple hundred feet in front of you and act, act on those first couple hundred feet. Don't think about, and don't worry about what lies beyond that.
0: No, I love that. And you know, for me, Rob, I launched entrepreneur on fire about two years ago and I've had countless people come up to me and be like, Oh, John, Like, even before you launched Entrepreneur on Fire, I had that idea for a a seven-day-a-week podcast. Like, absolutely. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, did you launch? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, that was two years ago. Like, did you really have that idea? Or is it just like, you know, it's like take action. Like, you have an idea and you want to run with it. Like, you need to get into that left lane and hit the pedal to the metal. And Rob, what's the best way to connect with you?
1: Hey, I'd love to connect with you on Twitter at Rob Bellenfont or on LinkedIn as well. Also, you can email me. It's rob.bellinfont at technologyadvice.com
0: boom well fire nation you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with and you have been hanging out with rob and myself today so keep up the heat and rob fire nation is well aware they can just go to eofire.com type in rob rob and your show notes page will pop right up and rob thank you for taking so much time to be generous with your experience with your expertise fire nation salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side thanks john Kate and I have generated over $1 million in sales on live webinars, and we show you how. Join us on our free webinar workshop by texting webinar to 38470 and claim your spot today.